0: Every word podcast. Well, hey everybody, this is Ethan. Uh, I have an interview lined up for you this week. Uh, I had the pleasure of interviewing my dad, Tony Barger, and wanted to gather some of his thoughts on uh, a particular doctrine that's in the Bible. It's called the resurrection of the dead. Uh, This this conversation here is, uh, I think, a really interesting and and a really important one. Now, uh a disclaimer, I we were using my uh my microphone and uh it is not an omnidirectional microphone, so I'm a a little bit quiet, but I, I hope you can hear my questions just fine and most importantly, I hope that uh you are edified and you learn a whole lot from my dad, uh, who really is quite the quite the Bible scholar, quite uh the student of the Bible. So so, I guess, without further introduction uh here's the interview with my dad Tony barger. Hope you enjoy thanks
1: hey it's uh It's great to be here Ethan in studio with you this great. is uh this is uh, quite the privilege for me and hey, before we get started, I wanted to say that uh this uh the podcast that that you and aj have going you know i listen to every episode at least twice and it is definitely a, a blessing from god uh that that he's using you and strengthening my walk with the lord as a result of your podcast so i just want to say thank you thank you so much i'm recommending it to everybody out there that uh i know it would be interested in well
0: thank you dad i appreciate it i'm glad that you're getting something out of it and uh I hope everybody else who's listening to this podcast, they are also being encouraged and uh, and edified. I know I am when we're studying, and I, whenever AJ and I talk, I, we get something new. And that's what's so important and so awesome about the Word of God, is that we are all encouraged and edified by it. So, Well, it's great to have you, Dad. Uh, this is Tony Barger, by the way. Um, he's, he's my dad. Um, he is a... Uh, little-known genius, but he is a genius for sure. Um, I get uh, most of my Bible knowledge from him and my mom, and uh, so if if you think that I know a lot, listen to him, and he really knows a whole lot. So, Well, I think today we've got you on the podcast, Dad, to uh, talk about uh, one of your fields of expertise. Uh, He is a resident expert. On something called the resurrection of the dead, and uh, it seems sounds kind of spooky if you're not super familiar with your uh, with your Bible, uh, but that's why we have uh, you, Dad, on the podcast, so you can kind of uh, talk to us a little bit about that. So, um, I guess what we'll do is we'll go through. I, we, we have a few questions here, and we just want you to, you know, have your liberty to respond to each of these if you feel like you need to talk. Uh, about something else, or uh, explain in lots of detail, go ahead and and uh, bring us there. But I guess we'll go ahead and get started. So resurrection of the dead, you know, we, we hear that term, uh, we read that term in the Bible, but we don't really hear it much in our churches today. So wh- where does this term come from and and what does it mean exactly?
1: Yeah, thanks, Ethan. Uh, so starting off here, you know, the term, or really, you know, it kind of describes the event of the resurrection of the dead. It it comes from throughout both the Old and the New Testaments, and uh, and is more importantly uh, what keyed me into wanting to become an uh, as you know an expert, or at least learn as much as possible as I could, was that the resurrection of the dead is identified emphatically as uh, one of the six foundational doctrines of Christ uh, in the book of Hebrews uh, chapter 6. And uh, as far as what it, what, it, what it means, well, it's pretty straightforward. It, the, the term or event of the uh, the resurrection of the dead means or describes exactly what it says, a resurrection or a, a, a raising up, a standing up, an ascending up of people who have died and are dead. So that's pretty straightforward there.
0: Got it. So uh, how did your interest in the resurrection of the dead start for you?
1: Yeah, uh, I was uh, uh, an atheist and uh, kind of leaning towards existential uh, nihilism uh, at the age of 25 when I first visited a Pentecostal church, and uh, being in that demonstrative uh, uh, worship setting and realizing that these people are really worshiping a God— it really kind of you know threw my my atheism to the to the side and say okay i've kind of seen people religious people so to speak but now i really get this sense that there is a god and of course i was going to learn later on that that god was the one and only true god jesus but uh, the way i was living my life as a atheist as an atheist really uh was based on that death event you know so you know we all kind of see you know we we're, we're living in this common land of the living and we all see each other, but really what can drive or what was driving the decisions I was making and the lifestyle I was leading was my understanding of what happened as an atheist, what happens when a person dies. And that just opens up, you know, all kinds of darkness, uh, living, living uh, styles and stuff like that. So, um, after, uh, being exposed to, uh, um, a uh, a Pentecostal church, and then soon thereafter being being filled with the Holy Ghost, being baptized in Jesus name and I'm off on this new exciting life that that I've been exposed to. I quickly realized that that the Christian walk also, is determined and set in its pathway by what happens or what, or what the Christian doctrine teaches at what happens to a person at death. So once again, that death episode really is important to, to I guess, so everybody's worldview, and that really drives how you live so, and so, because of that once i once I started you know um, getting caught by taught by good saints and good preaching and everything like that, I realized that in the Pentecostal fellowship and in Christianity in general, there was a lot of uncertainty or lack of clarity in what in in what happens when somebody dies you know we, we know eventually that there's you know there is a heaven kind of thing but uh, but there was a lot of fuzziness in the teaching and as, as a result of that and my um, focus on on the way I was going to live my life based on my understanding of what happens after death and then that resurrection of the dead that's what got my interest peaked for wanting to go ahead and for my, not only for my, for my personal understanding, so that I had great clarity, but then also for my witnesses when I'm sharing the gospel with somebody, it's like, this is why you need to leave for, live for Jesus, because of this event, you know, that that's it.
0: Okay. Wow. So, I mean, obviously this particular topic is very, very important uh, to you. You were introduced to it. Uh, when you first come, came into the church, and you were concerned about, hey, what happens to me after death? So, I mean, I guess could you elaborate a little bit on, on why you think this particular topic is important, and why we should care about it?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, um, so that lack of clarity, you know, it's kind of like uh, you start off on it and you on a journey or a or a path, and you always want to have a real clear focus with the end in mind. You know, it's like, what am I? aiming at what is the uh, paul described he says by any means i can attain unto the resurrection of the dead so in that philippians letter you're going to get a if re- reading that you get this real sense that paul was was providing his his very clear focus of the resurrection of the dead so what so what makes the, the it important is if if you're starting off on a journey and you're just going on feelings and you're not going on a knowledge well at those points when you're going to be tested and you and you lack clarity of of that light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. Of that's what I'm aiming for. That's my bullseye. It, it's easier for you to fall as a, as a um, as a person who has dedicated their life if you don't have good clarity on that event that we're all pointed towards. And so it's important for the, the for the believer, but then also for the um, uh, for the unbeliever. In a sense, of if if they're gonna change their Worldview and change everything about their life and become a follower of Christ. Well, they need to be given a very clear target and explanation of what they sh- what this change in their life that they're going to dedicate their life to the Lord. What that is going to look like and how it will be fulfilled in in this uh, event of the resurrection of the dead.
0: So it's for both the believer. And the unbelievers. Correct. Correct. I, I could see that as a really powerful tool to witness to an unbeliever, especially like somebody from like yourself from your particular background of, of there's nothing, no meaning to life, atheist, and then you're presented with this good news that uh, there there's a life after death that we can all experience through the through the resurrection of the dead. And and so I, I feel like that's a really Important and powerful witnessing tool. Um, So, you know, we talked about believers and unbelievers. This important. This this topic is relevant and important to uh, both of those groups. How about us Pentecostals? You know, specifically. You know, should we have a special interest in this particular doctrine?
1: Yes. Yeah. And and absolutely. And, um, and, and the reason I say absolutely is because really all the work that we are doing for the kingdom of God, the next main event that is going to happen in the kingdom of God is the resurrection of the dead. So, so really, you know, Every time that there's an altar call, the thing the thing that we're really focusing on the next main event in the kingdom of God is the resurrection of the dead. so every altar call, every water baptism in the name of Jesus, every laying on of hands for somebody to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, every Sunday school lesson, this podcast, every podcast and by and like Paul said, by any other means, our focus is to prepare a bride for the coming kingdom of God and the event that ushers in that kingdom is Jesus's return and the immediate resurrection of the dead. So, so the, so this, this topic or this doctrine, the understanding this doctrine is important, very important to Pentecostals because as we have, um, uh, realize that so much of the conventional wisdom was incorrect and now we've just based on the word of God, we've been able to to clear a a path of true salvation for somebody who's taking the step towards giving their lives toward God. Now we have to prepare them and have a focus, a clear focus of where we are intending to take them in their new life for living for Jesus.
0: That's that's awesome. And obviously us Pentecostals we're all about that restorationist um uh motive right we we looked in the scriptures and we noticed that baptism baptism in jesus name is the way that the church baptized we noticed that this promise of the holy ghost with speaking in tongues was for everybody it was for you and for your children like acts and two acts 2 and 39 says and um wait what, what you're what you're communicating is that when you look at the Scriptures and you look at the New Testament Church, they were very, very focused on this resurrection of the dead. And they were pushing and they were uh, living their lives with that as as the end goal. And I think that's awesome. And, and us as Pentecostals, as Restorationists, we need to make sure that we're looking at the Scriptures and we're looking at, at how the New Testament Church acted and believed. And for sure, this is uh, one of those particular topics that they held Fast to that they held true to. So, with with that being said, um, we've we've kind of talked about, hey, what is the resurrection of the dead? Why is it important? Let, let's move on and, and let's look at scripture. Uh, you know, we, we we have a lot of uh, differing opinions, like you said, on on what happens to somebody after they die. You know, what does the scripture say? And and I guess we'll start with the Old Testament. So, what are some major Old Testament passages?
1: on the resurrection of the dead. Yeah, so let me, there are are a lot of passages and there are a lot of individual scriptures Throughout the Old Testament, and when I have when I've done my study on this, and I've actually you know set aside, say, so okay, I'm going to read my Old Testament, and I'm going to be specifically looking for things that talk about the resurrection of the dead. I was you know blown away at just how much information there was. But just a couple of examples: uh, Isaiah uh, chapter 26, verses 19 through 21, a short passage there. But it speaks of uh, it says there it says, thy dead shall live; the earth casting out the dead and other things like the earth no longer covering the slain. And, and the passage is just a, a beautiful passage in Isaiah. Another example, uh, Job uh, chapter uh, 14, uh, verses uh, 10 through 15 speaks, uh, Job is talking about uh, uh, hiding in the grave until an appointed time of, of his change that will come. And that change is like putting on a new, a new garment. And so that would be that new body that we get real clear explanations of in the New Testament but so job chapter fourteen job chapter 19 verses twenty five through twenty seven job speaks of uh, has seen his redeemer and job is in his flesh when he sees this and and that after he's in his flesh but after his own body has been destroyed so job was looking forward to be to have a new flesh in which he's going to see his redeemer the great the great God um, Jehovah that he knew and that we would know as Jesus so uh, this is that's just three examples but like I said, there's a whole lot more than just that.
0: Awesome. I love that. Uh, you know, there's some songs about uh, that my Redeemer lives. And that's such a beautiful passage. Um, and I love how it says, you know, After my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. And what a promise that is. A, re- a resurrection where in that new body we're able to see God himself. And what a promise that is. Amen. How about uh, some major New Testament passages on the resurrection
1: of the dead? Yeah, in the, in the New Testament, I always like to start, uh, when, I, when I'm explaining this to people, with um, the conversation between Jesus and Martha in John chapter 11, because it really, as, you know, as you start saying, okay, what are the New Testament scriptures, this immediately gives you a Big tie back to all the Old Testament scriptures. But that conversation, uh, it was after the death of Martha's brother, Jesus, uh, you know, he point blank tells Martha, he says, your brother will rise again. And I love Martha's response here. She goes and Martha, you know, point blank, she replied, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And so this uh, this fact of Martha, she didn't say, well, I, I think, or, you know, I kind of believe this. And you know, she just straight up says, I'm, you know, so in other words, Jesus, you're not telling me something I don't already know. I know that Lazarus will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And the reason she knows this is because the of the Old Testament. So it provides a good example of just how well Martha and the other of Jesus's friends and, and people at the time knew that there was going to be a resurrection and they knew it was going to be at the last day. And uh, so, uh, so th- that whole conversation is... is is, is um one to look at between Martha and Jesus but some other passages um uh, include 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that's a whole chapter a whole chapter of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 you have uh, 1 Thessalonians some mention in 2 Thessalonians and and really so so many more and uh really in a rough comparison on on the six foundational doctrines i would say that there probably are more about the resurrection of the dead than any of the other foundational doctrines and so when, when you really take a focus and sit down and say i'm going to find all of the scriptures related to this it's amazing how much information is in the old testament and how much of that is confirmed in the new testament and 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 clarified by Jesus and the apostles through their, through their um, Jesus through his teachings and the apostles through, through their writings in, in the New Testament, such that you have one of this, this foundational doctrine that has so much scripture to support it because of its importance, not only as being one of the foundational uh, six doctrines, but also this main event that we're looking forward to.
0: That's really good. I mean, I I think that's quite the statement there that uh, out of the six fundamental doctrines in the Bible, in in case you're not familiar with Hebrews 6, uh, I mean, this this includes, like, baptism, uh, faith towards God. I mean, these are some really, really um, well-known and well-taught doctrines uh, in the church today. And to say that the resurrection of the dead has more scripture about it than um maybe any of these other fundamental doctrines is is really quite the statement um if i I know we're kind of deviating a little bit from um the notes but i really quick before we go into the next question uh first corinthians 15 um says that if it's talking about uh the gospel right it starts off immediately with what the good news is and it's that jesus Uh, died and he was buried and he was raised again on the third day and then he takes that thought and he says if christ hasn't been raised from the dead how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead what is paul saying there
1: well, yeah. So there, there was this. Uh, it started to false teaching infiltrate the church there, and it says, "Oh, you know, he. It was just a spiritual kind of thing, and maybe they didn't really see him. He'd not really raised from the dead, and and so, you know, uh, Paul." At, at this letter to the Corinthians, as this uh, kind of Gnostic teaching? It's all you know, spiritual. Nothing really happens, so to speak. It's just a good feeling that everybody has, and a good thing to think about. And he he lays it out straight. He says, "No, what, what are you all talking about?" He says, "If Jesus didn't raise from, you know rise from the from the grave, you, you're dead in your sins. You're lost. Even those people who have died, they're perished." He says, "No, no, no. If, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we're all men most miserable." And then, and then he goes on. He goes, but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruit? Oh, I just love the the whole chapter. And so, so his whole intent there was to, you know, at the end of this, um, as he's correcting so many, uh, you know, issues in in the uh, first in in at the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians fifteen. Some some commentators has said that he saves this particular aspect of their misunderstanding of the good news of Jesus Christ as a as the whole root of the problem for everything else they were facing. And so that's why he says, because you don't have a good solid understanding of the resurrection of the dead, it's impacting your entire walk that you're endeavoring to have being a Christian. And so, and so that's why it's, you know, it's kind of at the end of the letter, he kind of like, you know, puts the the keystone in the letter and he says, and this is the most important thing, but yeah, so that's, that's kind of like the way I see the, the, the chapter.
0: Right. I mean it's it's the, the kind of the pin, the pinpoint, the, the the grand finale of, of the, the letter to the first letter to Corinthians. And um and and the point there is that like you said earlier, if if the if the end goal isn't clearly defined in your mind, it's easy to get sidetracked It's exactly. easy to get lost in immorality like the Corinthian church. Um was suffering from. So if we have a better picture of what's at the end, it helps us live our day-to-day life much, much clearer. I love how the end of that chapter ends too. He quotes from, um, quotes from Hosea, and um, talking about us being resurrected on that last day. And he quotes, "Where, O death, is your, uh, your victory? Where, O death, is your sting?" and uh, thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That is our ultimate victory to be resurrected yeah. and to overcome death and to get to live with him for forever. So, yes, sir. Great. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to comment on first Corinthians 15. I know that that's one of your favorite chapters. Oh of the yes. Bible. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So moving on to the next question. So we've, we've covered some old Testament passages. We've talked about some new Testament passages. So, A lot of people uh, may be wondering, some listeners, did Jesus ever teach on the resurrection of the dead?
1: Oh yeah, he did, and uh, it, it, throughout uh, the Gospels, and then his teachings very much come out in the letters as well. You're going to see lots of it. I mean, one thing, you know, so instead of talking specifically about what he what he taught about it, really, he, you know, we had this big controversy between the Sadducees and the Pharisees. You know, the, you know, the, the Sadducees saying there was no resurrection of the dead, and the Pharisees saying, oh no, there is. You know, and so he, really, you know, J- Jesus is uh, uh, coming out of the grave clarified that uh, controversy. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> That's okay, it. like, yeah, it's like, so I'm going to set the record straight. There is a resurrection of the dead. So, so he definitely taught on it. He, you know, his life ex- exemplified it. He's the first fruits, right? And so, um, but you know, one thing I like about uh, really uh, looking at how did Jesus uh, address the resurrection of the dead is, uh, you know, he did not hesitate to to let the religious leaders know that their lack of a clear understanding of this doctrinal teaching of God was—he didn't hesitate them to know that it was a he, a great error and really a—that's what it says in the King James. But it's, it's a serious deception. Is what is 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 the t- is the meaning behind those words in other words he gave it a very strong rebuke it's like oh no it's not just something you can kind of have one opinion on another opinion on no he's laid it out straight he says your lack of an understanding about the resurrection of the dead is a serious deception and of course when the sadducees were then teaching people he says not only you seriously deceived yourself but you're seriously seriously deceiving other people who are looking to you for guidance and direction about their relationship. With God, so so um, and so, I think that's one of the one of the key things about Jesus's teaching is that it was solidly important to him, and, and the importance to him also comes out as the apostles are begin or you know, teach about it through their that we see in their writings that it was a fundamental, obviously stated as a fundamental uh, uh, doctrine, foundational doctrine, but that it was of critical importance to understand it.
0: But, Perfect, I a mean, great answer there. Um, I loved how you said that Jesus rising from the dead put put that that uh, that doctrine, or it gave the concrete proof of that doctrine was Jesus bodily being resurrected from the dead. I know Paul quite uh, frequently talks about being conformed to the image of Jesus, and at some point to to to, to have that fellowship with him in his death and his sufferings, but also in that resurrection can you kind of explain uh when we look at jesus's life how does that apply to us and and give us hope that we too can look like jesus there on on the last day
1: you know, and, and uh, you know some of the yes, some of the letters talk about the, the the movement Christianity as they call it the way. And Jesus even identified himself when he says, you know, he says, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. So he identified himself. He says, "I'm the way." And he says, you know, walk in the ways of the Lord. So he himself sets out this perfect pattern of you know he he was you know John John the Baptist even really says you don't have any sin you don't need to be washed in the in the waters of baptism but jesus says no 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 to fulfill all righteousness he's setting this pattern of selflessness and so he himself though he had no sin he went ahead and was water baptized and then right after that we see him being filled or the holy ghost falling on him and remaining on him and so this is this is god almighty himself being filled with the showing an example being filled with the holy ghost and then he walks and serves god does the will of god for the short time that he was on the earth, and then and then even in his death, we see that, and there was a loss of hope initially, but then this great hope that you see that just you know ignited the hope of his followers that they saw him. I said above 500 brethren at once, right? So 500 people saw him at one time in this glorified body. And so this resurrection that he he said, he, he pointed out is like, no, you're going to follow me. I am the way, the promises unto you, not only the Holy Ghost, baptism but uh and being filled with the holy ghost but that seed that's in you when you're filled with the holy ghost that seed from god is the thing that's going to take you out that's going to resurrect you at the last day the resurrection of death or that's going to transform you if you haven't died yet so that so jesus in in uh setting that perfect example when he came out of the grave it 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 got rid of the controversy it's like oh no it's true we're going to come out of the grave, too, at the last day when he returns for us. We have that hope, and Jesus gave us that hope. So, so him being the way, the perfect example that we could follow, lets us know with certainty that the resurrection of the dead is going to happen at the end when Jesus comes.
0: That's right, and 1 Corinthians 15 really makes that case. If Jesus didn't, wasn't raised from the dead, then our hope is in vain. But because he was resurrected from the dead, we can have hope that we too will be bodily resurrected. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. We, we've, we've really talked about the, the hope of the resurrection, and Jesus giving us that, that hope uh, from, uh, through his resurrection of the dead. Now, there's a lot of controversy. We've already talked about this a little bit, but there's a lot of controversy amongst Christians on... Um, you know what happens to people after uh, they die a lot of people will will think that when we die we immediately we go to heaven we're already with Jesus after we're dying and uh, they they do have a few scriptures that seem to support this Uh, Luke chapter 23 verses 42 through 43 is one of those passages this is uh, the thief on the cross Uh, he's on the cross and uh, Jesus says, verily, verily, I say unto you, this day you're going to be with me in paradise. And so um, obviously that seems to contradict this idea of the resurrection from the dead. Uh, could you comment a little bit on this particular passage?
1: Yeah, so um, uh, on that Luke 23 uh, this place of paradise and then uh, Jesus is, has another teaching and uh, about Lazarus and the rich man and in that particular one it talks about you know the the Lazarus laying in the bosom of Abraham so this place of of uh, uh, paradise and Abraham's bosom has has been assumed to be emptied or carried out of the underworld Hades by Jesus when he ascended into heaven And uh, uh, one of many scriptures that, you know, contradicts this assumption is is amazing. It's it's the preaching of Peter on the day of Pentecost, when he describes King David as dead, buried, his sepulcher is with us to this day, he says and that he specifically says and that david is not ascended into heaven so that's peter preaching at the day of pentecost and you say okay uh did uh david not make the cut when you know so and, so and it, it just begs it, it begs a little clarification there because we are we're a good you know 30 40 days past uh when jesus uh, ascended uh from the from the mount of olives and uh and, uh, and and so now we have we have David who is being described as Peter as dead, buried in the grave, and not ascended to heaven. So 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 that assumption that people make that uh that that the under that the righteous dead were led out of hades out of the underworld and that paradise ate and slash abraham's bosom was taken out from the underworld and and jesus took those righteous dead with him to heaven uh, is not supported at all by Peter's under, understanding. So, and 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 I, that's just—I'd say—that's just one example of of uh, scriptures that contradict that understanding that uh, that the dead have already been emptied out of of Hades or the, or the underworld, the righteous dead. So, so that's one example.
0: So, uh, the, the other thing too, right, is is um, uh, some clarity on where Jesus went. He said, "I, I tell you to." Today you're going to be with me in paradise. Where did Jesus ascend to heaven? Uh, when immediately after die after he died, where, where did Jesus go exactly?
1: Well, you know, he went down to, uh, to, to the underworld. It says, you know, it, well, that whole psalm, it says, thou shalt not leave my, my soul in hell or in Hades or in, in uh, uh, Sheol was the, was the Hebrew word for that. And in the New Testament, it's, it's translated uh, or it's Hades. But um, so, so G- and, and that's what Peter is saying. He says, you know, the psalmist David wasn't talking about himself. So Jesus did go down to Hades for three days. It says he preached to the spirits down there. And after three days in Hades, then he uh, he, he uh, ascended up out of the grave, claiming victory and establishing his dominance and dominion not only of heaven and of the world, our our world here, but then of the underworld. He claimed absolute victory over the entire universe by his ascension. So, so uh, but he did go down there to to the underworld.
0: Got it. And so, the, the, presumably, the, the thief. Followed, followed him uh, to, to the underworld. And he went to the, something like Abraham's bosom, right? That paradise where there's some sort of comfort that happens for, for the dead. Pr- presumably where David and the rest of the Old Testament saints are until, until the last day. Until the last day, yes, okay. correct. Great. Well, thank you for uh, the clarity on that. And thank you for bringing up uh, the Acts chapter 2 uh, sermon. That's very telling of what the New Testament church believed about those Old Testament saints um another another passage that people who believe that um that we christians go to to heaven immediately after dying is philippians chapter 1 and verses 21 and 23. um actually i'll read it real quick so that uh, our listeners know what we're talking about um but philippians chapter 21 through 23 uh, or chapter 1 verses 21 through 23 for to me to live is christ and to die is gain But if I go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. So what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better indeed. So, can you kind of give us some clarity on what maybe an alternative interpretation of the scripture is?
1: Yes. And so, and, and when you, uh, an alternative and really what we're looking for here, and, and I, ha- and I have to admit that this particular scripture really took me a while to, to, um, to, to gain the alignment or what some people or you, you've explained to me the, the hermeneutical spiral to get the clarity on this issue, the, um, you know so and and the reason we we need that is because you know it's not alternative just in this case but it's al- it's an alternative that that uh, is correcting a misconception such that this scripture now aligns with so much other scripture so it's just not it's not alternative it's what is the proper proper understanding of this scripture such that we're not confused that we get clarity because there's so much other scripture that is absolutely clear and so and so in this passage, Paul is talking about his possible death and says he has a, de- a desire to depart and to be with Christ. Now, the departure he describes is his death, a death that magnifies Christ, a death resulting from Paul's life of doing the will of God. So Paul goes on in his letter to the Philippians, in chapter three and verse ten, about being, uh, about himself being made conformable unto the death of Christ or becoming like Christ in his death. Now, a uh, dead with christ is also described in romans chapter 6 verse 8 in paul's discussion on water baptism and that baptism representing our burial like christ was buried and the verse says now if we be dead with christ we believe that we shall also live with him then the greek word with in in each case in in the scripture in philippians and then also in romans uh, th- that Greek word is the same English prefix of syn sy- you know like in synonym syn which means the same like there's uh, uh, like similarity likeness and so really just as uh, water baptism is us being like Christ in his death we're not only are we being washed of our of our sins and uh, but we're imitating that death of Christ we're closely identifying with him and so that with Christ, i <laughs> in dead with christ in the waters of baptism now paul is just going on and stating that he will be like christ in death you know that being made conformable unto death patterning his life just like to be like the life of christ and so that's what he always says he says follow me as i follow christ he says he says and i'm I'm, i've lived my life and followed the will of god if it results in my death as a result of my doing that i'm going to be like christ which is far better and so and, and and, and, and so that's the understanding that Paul talks about. He says, I'm you know, desiring to, to, to depart and to be with Christ, that with Christ there is to be like Christ and not to be misunderstood that Paul is saying that I'm going to be with Christ by going to be with him in heaven.
0: That's a great explanation. Thank you so much. So, I mean, we're, we're talking, and I know we've talked about, uh, I mean, outside of this podcast, these particular uh, passages and um whenever we get together there's a good chance that the resurrection of the dead comes up at some point point. and it's very obvious that you are passionate about this subject about this particular doctrine is there any specific reason why i know we've talked about why it's important but what but what makes you so passionate about sharing this this doctrine helping people understand this doctrine
1: uh, yeah so you know it, jesus was uh, passionate about it his apostles were a passion about it uh, you know he, he here, uh in so much of the new testament it being the focus the resurrection of the dead and you gotta realize there's many it, that resurrection of the dead is is uh, a single event but it's the coming of the lord it's the 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 great and notable day of the Lord come, but it's it's interesting how when the foundational doctrines are identified and labeled, that they are labeled in Hebrew cha- Hebrews chapter six, and the foundation this foundation is labeled as the resurrection of the dead. But you know my passion about it is is uh uh, follows the passion that i see that jesus has for it and the apostles have for it but let let me uh uh, describe a scenario here where i think it's that more people should be passionate about it and should not just say okay your opinion and my opinion and let's go on and keep living for for jesus and this goes about if you've ever been to a funeral where um where there uh are two let's say two ministers uh, both uh, you know United Pente- Pentecostal Church international ministers or that's the only ones I've been to but anyway but um, but anyway so they're there and you have a lot of family who attends who may not be living for jesus may not have dedicated their lives aren't focused on this hope of the resurrection of the dead as as the as the gospel that 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 they're aiming toward you know just non-christians and in that funeral service the you know, one minister gets up and he says You know, hey, um, it's very sad that uh, John here has passed away. But, you know, we have a hope that when Jesus returns, uh, John's going to rise up out of the grave and we're going to meet the Lord in the air and we'll be right next to John. You know, so you have that expression of when this resurrection happens. So one minister says that. Then the next minister gets up and he says, he say, and he looks up into heaven and he says oh john we 're so happy you 're now up with the being you 're with the Lord and you 're dancing on streets of gold and and uh you know and this is obviously a very Um, somber event for the family, and it's a somber event for when when every individual there, because of the the death of a fellow man, a fellow human being, a fellow fellow person, is that's the time when you're going to be contemplating of. Wow, am I ready for this event? And what's going to happen to me? But And, and I've been in funerals that, that the, where the message went out like that. And the, and the believers, the, the Pentecostals, you know, it's, it's almost like, whoa. Uh, you know, they look at each other. And nobody wants to say anything of just how confusing that sounded And they don't want to point out the obvious lack of clarity to the unbelieving family. They're just, you know, like anybody else. They're just hoping their their family's gonna, you know, repent and and live for the Lord. And now in this one instance where you have them within the four walls of the church, and and everybody's focused on life and what happens at the end of that life, that that um, that there isn't a clear hope expressed. And you know, I, and and that's you know that's one of the things that's so passionate for me. It's like we have this You know, it's the salve It's love. It's salvation of a soul. And here, in 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 because of our very lack of understanding and our studying and our and our and our getting this doctrine straight. Like we have so much with Jesus name baptism and 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 everything else that we teach. That we lack so much clarity. And souls who might otherwise turn to live for the Lord. Maybe they you know, they they, they understand English. They understand that, boy, these guys don't even agree on step one after somebody dies. So how can they talk to me about eternal life? They're confused themselves. So it's very disheartening for me. And so really my, uh, I'm passionate about it because not only do I want to understand for my walk with the Lord, but that then I would be able to properly convey to the soul that God lays on my heart and gives me an opportunity to witness to that I provide to them a very clear understanding and I'm passionate, also, as you know, as as a member of the church body, to to want us to gain clarity as an organization, so that in every opportunity that we have to witness for the Lord Jesus Christ and to have our opportunity to express the hope that we have, that we do it with clarity and succinctness and a common understanding.
0: That's great. You know, the gospel is the hope right of salvation and, and if we don't have a clear understanding of, of what our hope is it's a it's a muddying of what our gospel is I mean and that's an incredibly uh, dangerous place to be if you, if you don't if you can't explain what that good news is and, and for sure that resurrection from the dead and that hope after death it, it is a central part of the gospel message so thank you very much. I know you've been studying this out, I know you've been interested in it uh, ever since you became a believer and you became a, a, a Christian, became Pentecostal. Are there any details uh, that about, about this particular doctrine, about the resurrection of the dead that you are still investigating, you still don't have clarity on, but you're still doing your study, you're doing your research, you're trying to get uh, more clarity?
1: yeah and a, a quick answer always, so which details always every time I open the scriptures, you know one thing that uh you know i I hope for and it is is more discussion and engagement because you know every time I open the Bible i'm i'm uh I'm, I'm reading what Tony always sees, and I'm seeing what I always see, and one thing I uh, I really enjoy about uh, Sunday school and different teachers, and really, I hate to hear other people's views and other people's slants, so so really, uh, you know, I'm always looking for more details, but more than that, I'm looking for, uh, you know, engagement with others, for for disagreements, you know, so that, that's the whole thing. We don't need to be afraid of disagreements, but we need to ensure that we're not adopting the conventional wisdom, and and I think I think you know the um, the the Pentecostal movement has a strong footing for saying, okay, you know, conventional wisdom, I love you, you love me, but but hey, let's let's kind of hammer this out, and they've done it so successfully in other areas. You know, let me give you an example. You know, so the the it just lays out straight with the six foundational doctrines, but but it's like okay, you know, you know, once saved, always saved. Say this prayer, and then then you're good to go. Well, hey, that's not uh, that's if you hammer that out a little bit, and you go past. The conventional wisdom, you're going to realize that no, that's not correct. And then you know, on to baptism. You know, the, the conventional wisdom was you know, sprinkling's okay. Then you you say you look at that a little closer and say, oh no, no, it was immersion. It was immersion in the name of Jesus and not in the name of titles. So so you have this Pentecostal movement this pushes against the conventional wisdom, and 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 now it seems like the world is saying, you know what, that's that's right. They got that right. And so in, in baptism, and then in in Filling with the Holy Ghost, you know. They used to say, "Oh, just say this prayer," and, and now God's in you, and and now you've received His Spirit. And then the Pentecostals, they say they push against that conventional wisdom and say, "Well, let's kind of look at the Word of God. Let that be our standard." They look at that and say, "Oh, no, no. These they, you speak in tongues when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's the biblical evidence, not saying of some prayer." So so that push against the conventional wisdom, or at least you know, um, uh, looking closer at the conventional wisdom to come out with biblically based truths. Is what the Pentecostal movement has really rocketed them to, and now, you know, a worldwide movement of, you know, the the whole world's on fire, they're being, everybody's being filled with the Holy Ghost, the greatest, you know, the, the largest uh, movement out there, Christian movement, is the Pentecostal movement, and so now we have this other foundational doctrine where we've kind of, you know, uh, you know uh, downshifted a little bit, we're not quite, you know, don't have the accelerator to the floor on this thing of, we just adopt, kind of adopting the conventional wisdom in some instances of hey you die and you go straight to heaven and oh let's not be controversial about this. It's like, no, let's dig into the scriptures like we've always done. Let's challenge the conventional wisdom and ensure that the things that we're teaching people are what the apostles taught the people, what Jesus taught the people.
0: Awesome. And so that that encourages us to get in the word and and find out for ourselves, not listen to human tradition and human reason, but to, to study the scriptures for our own selves and find out what the Word of God says about uh, all these doctrines, including the resurrection of the dead. Yes, sir. How, how does this doctrine impact us in our daily Christian walk? How does it impact you?
1: You know, uh, right now, you say, my day, our daily walk, right now, you know, the, the opportunity abounds. The coronavirus is a worldwide pandemic. Death is a subject of of conversation or at least it's in the forefront you know every news report how many died today how many died today how many new infections how many death how many dead in this country you know and you got these worldwide statistics you know and so it's like this issue of the resurrection of the dead gives us a, or in, in the pandemic where death is such of importance and the pandemic is you know causing death throughout the world, we have the answer of hope It's like you', you, no, you no need to panic <laughs> <You> know <laughs> when you die it's not the end and so and so how does this doctrine impact, impact us in our daily Christian walk? Well we don't have to be afraid of this and not only do we not have to be afraid by being that shining light to the rest of the world it's like man this person's not stressing out like everybody else they're not panicking. Yeah, let me tell you why. Because I have a hope. I have a hope in the resurrection of Jesus and that is based on Jesus' resurrection. I have a hope that when he returns, I'm coming out of the grave. So if I die, no problem. I'm not going to stress out about it. I'm going to live my life with an eternal purpose of being and living in his kingdom. So so how does this affect you know, our daily Christian walk? Having that solid understanding, having the end in mind is going to see us through our current trials. It's going to give us the light that we need to point others to the kingdom of Jesus Christ and to get them through love to the same place that we are intending to end up ourselves. And so it it totally impacts our daily Christian walk and it it impacts how we can, you know, work for the kingdom as well.
0: Well, awesome. Well, this has been a great interview. I have learned a lot. I hope you listeners have learned a lot. As you can see, this this doctrine really is central to our Christian faith. It's important for us to understand and to talk about it and to, to really put our hope in this. If Jesus rose from the dead we too will rise up with glorified bodies we'll be able to live with him in his kingdom and what a hope that is um is is there anything else that you would like to say before uh, we sign off
1: not just want to say thanks for for having me and uh you know on on the podcast here, your work with AJ, it's so invigorating and so um, energizing to see this focus on every word. And uh, and and I just appreciate you having me here.
0: Well, th- thank you so much, Dad, and I appreciate you listening. And, and to all our listeners, thank you for tuning in again. Uh, I'm, I'm sure this won't be the last time that we uh, have uh, my dad, Tony Barger, on the podcast. Um, If you've enjoyed it, uh, please share. Please like us. Go comment on on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. Uh, We want to hear from you. Uh, So once again, thank you so much for tuning in. You guys have a great week.